Welcome to the 90th episode of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast with today's guest who has gone back to the diabetes management basics, Mark Carter. If you're new to the show, welcome and thanks for stopping by. My name is Amber Kluwer and I'm the co-founder of the Diabetes Daily Grind and host of this, the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. I enjoy sharing my story and those of other people living their best life with this disease. Mark is a repeat guest with an interesting spin on going back to the basics. With the current climate in the world, it was time for him to have a T1D backup plan. And if you've listened to past episodes, this guy is not a planner, so I was really excited to hear this transition. He's been a pumper, a potter, and just converted back to multiple daily injections with the help of an incredible doctor and a smart pen. Good on you, Mark, for being proactive for once in your diabetes life. (laughs) Before we get started, I have a few quick announcements. Number one, it has been almost 10 weeks, the longest stretch in DDG history since I've released an episode, and for good reason. As many of you know, I packed bags and headed to San Antonio, Texas, because you're never promised tomorrow and I was ready for a change. If you live in the area, I'm always down to make new friends. So hit me up on social media or at amber at diabetesdailygrind.com. I'm doing everything I can to help make a difference here in Texas, just like in my home state of Oklahoma. Number two, I've quarantined since February. (sighs) It's hard to even say. And miss happy hour and brunch. More than you know. So a couple of weeks ago, I guess it's been six weeks, I got off my pity potty and took action. I used to host real-life diabetes happy hours in person, but because we can't meet together these days, which really sucks, now it's virtual. <laughs> so I connect every Thursday from 5 to 6.15 p.m. Central Standard Time. The gathering has nothing to do with alcohol, even though I enjoy my vino, but it is for adults. I hope you'll join me for a lively discussion, a few jokes, and live music with other people who get it from around the world. You can stay engaged by joining the private Real Life Diabetes Happy Hour Facebook group. That was a mouthful. And please note, you must register by clicking on the Happy Hour logo at diabetesdailygrind.com. Number three, shout out to the brave souls who invested in me and the Diabetes Daily Grind early on. Because of their ad dollars, I'm gearing up, and I mean that hardcore, for the 100th unicorn episode. And there is so much in store leading up to that episode. So stay engaged. Just leave it there. Thank you for supporting the DDG mission, Cauliflower Foods, I2U Culinary Creations, and Dr. Topher Fox from the Alpine Center for Diabetes, Endocrinology, and Metabolism. Thank you to my parents, sisters, and friends who supported me while I struggled to find my voice. (laughs) And thank you, Dr. Pierce Blackett, my first endo, who truly cared about my diabetes in the early years and was just intimidating enough to make me listen. (laughs) If you're interested in getting involved in any capacity leading up to the 100th Unicorn episode, please contact Penelope, DDG Marketing Associate, at Penelope at DiabetesDailyGrind.com. And finally, stay engaged. Especially now that we're all like homebound, it's more important now than ever 
to love, like, share, and comment on all things social media. Sign up for the e-newsletter. You get, you know, firsthand what's going on and upcoming episodes, which will be coming out weekly now, which, uh, yeah. Uh, Leave an iTunes review. Subscribe to the DDG YouTube channel and click on the Amazon banner on the website before ordering. Well, enough rambling. Let's get started. All right, friends. I'm so happy to connect. And I'm going to say right off the bat to the listeners, Mark is a past podcast guest. He's a part of the Real Life Diabetes Consultant team. And he is real as it gets when it comes to his diabetes management. So when you were chatting the other day about going to see your your doctor and all the things that came from that, I just thought this was the perfect opportunity to see what you're up to now. So right. where are you currently? You're in what part of Arkansas? So I'm in Northwest Arkansas, like around Fable area. So it's been a good time in Northwest Arkansas, even with COVID. <laughs> COVID-19s, we're in our lives right now. Um, you right. do not have an endo in town, correct? No, I, I don't. You know, I actually had an endo in Missouri, and then with whole COVID and all those things, I'd heard about another physician in another state that was helping out doing some Omnipod, kind of like the, the hybrid artificial pancreas slash, kind of like the 670G. Right. So I, I, I heard about this lady in Ruston, Louisiana named, named Ashley Hill. And so that kind of, that kind of got me on a different journey a little bit. Well, and it's crazy. So, that, how did you even hear about her? Because that's quite the pipeline. It was kind of interesting. You know, I, Ashley Hill, she, she, her daughter's type one. And I heard about with the whole do it yourself group, I, which out of Oklahoma city, a lot of people were dosing from their phones and doing certain things. And, I'd heard they cracked the Omnipod where they are able to, to use the Omnipod and then you're able to dose off of your phone. And I was like, really? And so someone had told me that her daughter was doing that. And so then I started kind of looking a little bit more and she's an advanced nurse practitioner. And so I heard she has incredible, I would say skills with understanding the patient where they're at. So I've kind of felt like, you know, this might be a good time to, to go and do a meet and greet. Well, and I want to say too, because uh, to the listeners, you're well-versed when it comes to all this, because you worked for Insulet Omnipod. Yeah. You also yep. worked for Medtronic at one point. So right, you know right. language, and when you hear that somebody's doing a good job of, I'm going to say patient relationships, I mean, that is a, a given that you'd want to reach out to them. Yeah. You know, I would say too, you know, with my, with my background also with like Eli Lilly and Insulet and Medtronic, I feel like I'll be honest with you, this whole COVID-19, what kind of got me going was I started thinking, well, do I really even have a great backup plan? And, you know, with, if my shipments of like my Dexcom and my Omnipod and just my, my shipments, would they come in on time? You know, I, I kind of felt like I was running a tight schedule. Yeah, and I started seeing where they were delayed a little bit on some things on manufacturing. And so that kind of got me thinking too. I was like, well, I want to be able to go in and kind of explain to someone like, you know, it's summertime now and 
I like to fish and kayak and do certain things. And so I really wanted a little bit more of just my, my pump therapy. And so I wanted to be able to have an honest discussion. And I felt like because her daughter was type one as well, she might be able to kind of relate to me. So. Okay. So you call her, you get an appointment and you head down there. And I remember talking to you, I think maybe on your way home or whatever, about what a positive yeah. experience it was. So tell me about what made your meeting with Ashley. You were so excited about it. Why? Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, I, I was excited because she was just so genuine and our appointment lasts for almost like two and a half hours. And yeah. I went in there and I said, Hey, this is really my objective. I don't really have a backup plan. If Omnipod quits making pods or Dexcom quits making, you know, the sensors and transmitters, like, could you help me kind of have maybe a backup or two backup plans just in case I want to get off of pump therapy? And, and I've been kind of like wrestling about it too. Cause I don't know. I've kind of felt like I really just wanted to not be attached to anything as well. And so I felt like this would be a good time to, you know, just have some other plans and then to kind of, you know, adjust and kind of like a pair of shoes, you know, sometimes you use some boots if you're, you know, going and, you know, you're walking or you're hiking or whatever you're doing and then use running shoes when you're going on a track. I kind of felt like I was wanting to have a couple different type of therapies. And it's really the first time I've really even kind of thought that way. You've been a potter for a long time, right? Yeah, you know, I've, I've tried a lot of things, but I've been on the pump for a while now. Yeah. And I felt like that my life is just, you know, especially with having kids and you know, my kids jumping on me and certain things like it, it, uh, I really wanted to go there saying to her, I'd like to actually to do MDI therapy, checking my blood sugars with the Dexcom, you know, and, and so she listened and, and it was, it was really, really good because she just could relate really well. And she really empathized with me and she gave me like multiple plans. I actually got two backup plans with my Omnipod and my Dexcom. So I was refreshed. I'll say this, Amber, like one of my fraternity brothers, we have like a once a year get together. And I really thought about him in the, in the appointment because I remember our last time we met as a group, you know, he's been type one longer than I have. And he said that he doesn't even go to a specialist anymore because he doesn't feel like they're really up on their game and they bring any value. And and I felt like with her and this appointment, like she was up on her game and she like brought a lot to the table. Yeah, I felt refreshed. Two things. One, I know you well enough that I can say this. The fact that you were thinking about backup plans yeah. blows my mind as the guy who runs out of insulin. Yeah, totally. Like I'm terrible. <laughs> like, like I really am. Like I'm always going, oh my, I'm like, man, COVID-19's made me think different. So yes. I'm yes, terrible a planner. I'm so proud of you. I'm sure your wife is really happy about that too. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, and sure. she, I'm curious and not that you would ask, but because I have been polling people recently for my own reasons, did you talk about inhalable insulin? I didn't actually, it was never even really brought up at all. Really. The only thing we talked about was the really, she talked about the end pen just because I was kind of worried of like stacking insulin and, not overdosing and realizing how much insulin I have on board because I haven't done MDI therapy in, in so long. I was kind of rusty thinking through it. 
So, because the pump had been doing so much for me. Okay, so are you using the in-pin? Yeah, yeah, actually I am right now. Even, even, even though I, I had a new shipment, I'm where I'm doing the, the in-pin and, uh, which I'm doing the FIAS, the rapid acting, the uh -huh. cartridge in the in-pin. And then I'm also doing uh, Traceba, which has been, which has been great actually. I've really, really enjoyed it. And then I'm wearing the Dexcom right now. So I'll, I'll tell you, like, it's been kind of crazy because I was waiting on a shipment because I had some problems with some sensors with my Dexcom for about, they just weren't lasting. And I just felt like, you know, something was happening every time I tried to put a new one on. So I just went back to checking my blood sugar and, you know, it really wasn't bad actually just doing that kind of going old school. I really, I, I could tell I was sleeping better and I didn't have like my phone draining the battery on the Dexcom and it was a good, I would say vacation in the sense of like not having 50 million things on me. Okay. So how long has it been since you've been MDI? Oh gosh. It might be like, I don't know, 10 years. Okay. I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, I've done nothing else, so I don't know what that's like, but having to learn all of that, I'm going to say learn, re-educate yourself on, you know, when you were talking about sacking insulin and all those things, it's, it's crazy. And you have yeah, I mean, problems with insulin yeah. resistance too. So do you feel like the new, well, I've never used Fios, but the insulins, are you seeing a change in your diabetes management? You know, I, I would say it seems like over the night I've been sleeping better. It's been like, I think the background insulin is giving me a confidence of I'm waking up and it's, and it's a lot more level in the one hundreds when I wake up, which has been really, really nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I was really actually really surprised how long Traceba actually worked I, and actually this is kind of crazy because this happened to me like two days ago so this is fresh in my mind one of the problems i've kind of had is you kind of get with the swing of things and you might forget to give your background traceba which i did a couple days ago i skipped a day and i could start telling my blood sugar was going up a little bit the, the following day and i was like oh my gosh i totally forgot so, so it, it, uh, it actually covered pretty well com comparably, well, not, not taking my background. I used Traceba as well, and they're not paying us to say this, listeners. I just have to say that I switched from Lantis to Traceba, and world of difference, world of difference with highs and lows, and I set an alarm. So my alarm on my phone goes off every morning at 632 to give my, and it says, give your Traceba shot. But I like the fact that should I sleep in or not be at home where my Traceba is, then I've got the flexibility to give it later. Yeah. And, and, well, and that's kind of what, that's kind of what the in pin, what it really does. I mean, it, it, with the app, it really, it'll remind you like, Hey, don't forget to take your, you know, Traceba or did you miss the dose? So it, it does remind you, which is, which is nice. But I mean, it, it is nice having MDI and Dexcom, you know, that's, that's glorious. But I haven't really missed really the pump, you know, because I'm outdoors and I'm doing stuff and, you know, like I went kayaking the other day and swimming the other day, like it was great. Not to be attached to anything. Well, Dexcom. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, and that's the other thing too is like, you know, I know some other listeners will understand this as well, but like 
when you use something on your body for so long, I felt like my body just needed to heal, you know, because I'd always had a pot on my leg or my arms and the decks come on my legs and different places. And so I just, I just felt like I needed a break, which has been really good because it's been hot, really hot lately. Do you think that once the summer and fall are over, you'll go back to pump therapy? You know, that's something I'm thinking about. You know, I, 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 I'm going to think about it because I feel like with the, with it being hot sometimes and, you know, and and I'll tell you like in my mind, I'm, I think I like having background insulin on board just because what happens mentally is if you're on a pump and you're doing stuff and you rip it off, then I feel like I lose hours obviously and I have to play catch up and I don't know. So that's, I'm, I'm still kind of processing that, but I like having the ability to go back to one or the other, you know, just kind of depends. I like the flexibility. Well, and then you can stockpile supplies. (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, I mean, that, that's kind of why I got in this whole thing was just, I was, I was like, you know, I, it's, it's unfortunate. We as type ones of like, you know, if something really went bad, as we know today, there's no telling on the climate of the political climate. Who, who knows on who could just say we're going to shut down wherever they make insulin around the world. Like it just got me thinking that even though I'm not a planner, which is unfortunate, but I just wasn't gifted that way. Um, I've got to start thinking of like, how would that look in the future if, if something did happen like that? So it's been good for me. So I'm not, I'm not worried about insulin therapy and, you know, I've passed a couple of podcasts interviewing the big companies. I, I'm not worried about insulin the ability to afford it and get it quickly, that's challenging. But pump companies and, and Dexcom and the other CGM companies assure us that, that it's not going to, and I'm sure whenever shit hit the fan in the very beginning with COVID, yes, but things were going to slow down a little bit just because of the, how quickly everything happened and how we're supposed to be stockpiling. So I have full confidence that we're going to be fine, but it's always scary. I mean, it's, when you can't well, you don't, like, I was thankful that I went to my backup plan because it happened exactly with what I thought would happen, which was typically you get your shipment of your pump stuff every three months. And so it was supposed to be shipped out on the 2nd of July and some things got delayed on transmitters and sensors and then everything got shipped out and finally got here on the 13th. Right. So that, that's really what led me to all that and it's exactly what happened was like if I would because I was out I was out of transmitters I was out of pods I was out of everything and I kind of feel like if you're on such a strict schedule of having to only do your pod therapies and things like that if you screw up I know they give you extra but it's still kind of like you know in the real world it's good for us to have these conversations you know well, and I think that maybe that that is just my advocacy hat just popped on, and I'm thinking, well, maybe we help change that. You, it has to be a three month. I get that you're getting a three month supply, but more so that you get that three month supply 21 days in advance or two weeks in advance, so that there is never a gap. Yeah, I mean, you hope. I mean, you hope, you know. But I'll tell you what, it's it's always, always, every single time when you call and you check on your insurance or do you do anything it just never seems to be an easy process to get your stuff and I'm sure every listener understands just that you know fighting the system 
Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's exhausting. But I think, once again, though, why it's important to find a provider that you like. I mean, this provider, she understands because she has a daughter. Those things are invaluable. You know, I mean, and I've talked a lot about to you to this personally, but like, you know, I, I do feel like there's a huge difference between sympathy and empathy. But I, I, I just think that to find a provider that goes the extra mile and the extra step just from the staff touching base and being nice to you to spending two hours two and a half hours with you and then following up being like hey you know you can work encouraging you on where you can get better it's truly like a coach you know I mean you know a lot of times every one of us need a coach or provider now that I'm in San Antonio I'm and I didn't have an endo in Oklahoma I was in between endos and was actively seeking one Long story short, my GP, I had to have a virtual visit with her last week because I need my scripts renewed for Dexcom and for insulin. And so when I was having my meeting with her, which was awesome, I love her so much and I will go back to Oklahoma City twice a year just to visit her because she's not an endo. She doesn't really, you know, she's not as well versed in all these things, but she asked the right questions and she cared and she knew, I mean, you know, I was rambling to her about what all I needed to do and this, that, and the other, and that I'd been gone, you know, for two weeks at this point, and she made it happen. And I just wow. love her so much for that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's priceless. I mean, when you, feel, when you feel like you've been heard and when you're in an appointment, I mean, I can't even recall the last time I've been in an appointment that felt like that. I mean, it's been that many years, over 20 one of the reasons why Mark's a part of the Real Life Diabetes Consulting team is because we're trying to empower the patient to ask the right questions and to plan prior to getting in front of an endo, but also to educate the medical community as to how to better communicate with us and right. without shaming us or you know, making us feel guilty at any, at any capacity. But I want to say, too, with the end pen, because I have not tried it, but I have a lot of people that really enjoy it. Have you seen, and I don't know, because I haven't looked at the software in a while, but are you seeing trends? I'm not seeing trends. I, I would say I haven't seen trends with the end pen, no. And the reason I say that is because of previous conversations, you drink Starbucks coffee and you can drink the same I, ha- I haven't as I haven't as much lately. You know, I've had like a hiatus these last like three or four months. Okay. So, okay. It's kind of been tough, you know. I mean, I, I've seen myself not be even insulin resistance just because I've tried to be like more outdoors and certain things. But the in-pen, I maybe haven't used it as much. I would say the, maybe the app and looked at and studied it as much. That's the one thing maybe that might be tough is that I'm not always around my phone, to where like it captures when I do give myself an injection. I mean, that's, that's one thing that's been kind of annoying. I think with a lot of this technology, even Dexcom, I've mentioned this to you as well. It's like, I want to be able to look at my Dexcom without having my phone around. I just want it on my watch. So. And it can't you know, be on your watch and you're for sure about that. I'm for sure about that. You have to have your phone to have a signal. Like you cannot check. You can't go on a run and be able to look at your, Yeah. I'm pretty sure unless someone out there knows anything different. Because Ryan Fightmaster had an Apple Watch, and he would that, he would look at his blood sugar all the time. Yeah, I can see it, but you have to have your phone close by. Oh, so, okay, yeah. that makes more sense. Okay. 
I want to go from the Dexcom straight to the Apple Watch. I'll do some Not, research on that, but I'd be curious, and I'm yeah. sure that's an FDA thing. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's just like that defeats the purpose. Like, I don't want to carry around my phone. I'd like to be lighter. Right. So it's uh it's kind of it's one of those things where it's. I think that's some of the trade-offs and the risk and like why I kind of just wanted to go back to MDI therapy. Maybe my blood sugar, I don't think it was as great tight as control. I mean, as maybe the pump, but the benefits to it would just say, I was just glad not to have stuff all not on me falling off. Okay. So do you feel like when you were swimming the other day, it was like freedom? Oh, I definitely felt like it was freedom. It was awesome. Once again, I think the mental framework for me is I'm like, well, I have background insulin on board, always. I like knowing that. What do your kids think when you give a shot? Do they talk about it? You know, they look at the little needles and they know what's going on and I'm checking my blood sugar, but they don't really say much. That's the one thing about the end pen that I think would be good though, is like when you look at the end pen, when I give myself a shot, what they have kind of noticed is like how much I'm giving and but I've noticed on the end pen, I wish it had some color coordination on the main, like on the, where you can see how much insulin you've used. Kind okay. of like the, the Novolog, the flex pen, where it yeah. shows actually like how much you're using and how much you have left. I kind of feel like you, it's kind of hard to tell with the end pen and use when I get down to the very in, end of my cartridge. That'd be my only complaint it's not a complaint necessarily it's just how yeah just trying to just to improve on you know but you know i mean the fias the new insulin that i was use, i have been using has been really good though it works fast do you feel like so, you're not having as many like highs no i don't uh-uh which is great like i can't remember the last time i've had like a in the 300s or 400s really which is which coming awesome. from you too, because I know there were times there was a, a stretch there where you were really frustrated with the insulin resistance. So honestly, like that's, it's been kind of neat to like self discover, if you want to say, yeah, because when you look at the pumps and the insertion sets of the pot or whatever you're using, you hope that it's in your body and it's giving you insulin. And so sometimes you find when you're active and you're doing things, sometimes it might, get out and you don't feel like you're getting really good insulin absorption. So at least with the pen, I'm making sure, which I learned on my first, that, that's kind of goes back to the first night that I went back to MDI therapy. I didn't prime and shoot out just to make sure it went, went out a little bit. Yeah. And I don't think I, I don't think I got the correct amount. So like I, I did learn by uh, trial by error, you know, doing it myself. So it's kind of funny how, you forget things even though you did it for so long, but then now I'm going back and forth. So I got to say, and I probably should admit this. So I use, this is, maybe I should mention this, but with my Patriciba pin, I trust it. I dial it up, give it every day. Right. Well, right. Because that's the background insulin, you know, in my mind, that's how I think about it. It's not as vital. Right. So with Novolog, I, draw it from the pen with a syringe. I feel, and that's because I've had diabetes so long. I mean, I, and I had some problems with a pen a long time ago, but I know exactly how many units are going into my body with the exception of if it comes back out of the area where you gave the shot. You know what I mean? So Interesting. 
So yeah. you take you take a syringe, like an old school syringe. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh! Really? Yeah. And my family's you like, are this. you are hilarious. <laughs> and I maybe it's the control freaking me. I have to know exactly because if, yeah, I mean it's for me that helps tighten my control. Because hey, when you that, hear hey, clicks, you don't know. I mean, you hear clicks. Hey, well, I mean, and once again, this is why we always talk about it to each of their own. Everyone has a different expression of how they try to make it work, which is key. You know, I mean, it's one thing that's really been important to me lately is like our disease never is the same. We're always growing. We're learning and self-discovery and technology is getting great. I mean, it's a good time to be a type one with technology coming out. No, there's no so, doubt. There's no it doubt. Really is, it's encouraging. And for those of those out there listening as well, like it's, it really is important that we all understand our voice in the diabetes community. And I'll, I'll give an example, a friend of mine that I hunt with from Michigan, I've hunted with this guy for the past like 10 years. His friend, daughter was diagnosed with type one diabetes like three weeks ago. He reached out to me and was like, Hey, can you at least talk to him? And encourage them and and so I called him and you know I was just like yeah man you know I have it I'm able to do everything and anything just like anybody else and it really eased his mind he felt like it was a fire hydrant for him and his wife when they found out that their daughter was type one and just were so overwhelmed and concerned and so it's just important that when you're able to speak a little bit of love and encouragement to someone that maybe not, might not get it or know it or it's a family member of someone else it's important that we we share our voice i agree so. i gotta say and i was looking through some itunes reviews today and it, i always get emotional but there was one from a dad just saying that his son was diagnosed at 18 months and he really wished there was a resource like the podcast or some of the blogs and other things that are out there now because it would have given him he and his wife it would have taken a huge load off their shoulders. Their son is now 19 as an avid hiker, skier and all these things, but he never thought they would be able to do those things. So they kind of always felt like they were breaking the rules, allowing their son to have that level of freedom. And wow. Yeah. I mean, wow. and you all kinds of stuff. You're super, uh, anywho, I mean, I'm a preacher when it comes to, it's never, it's never kind well, of doing anything. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, I think it's, I mean, why this is so important that we as a collective voice of the community with type one, we, we realize that, you know, really a lot of it has to do with perspective and your worldview and encouragement. And, you know, I mean, people need to see that all of us who have type one, you know, and people that have type two as well, like we, we can live a normal life, you know, we just have to do a lot of the decision-making process, which, which is so crazy that, you know, I was given this disease, not being a planner. And if, yeah. you know, this is a disease that'd be great for someone who's OCD and planning, but you know, for me, it's just not, I'm not a good planner at all, but, but it is, it's important that we share that journey with everybody. Well, and I think too, the difference between, so I'm a Capricorn, so I'm like hardcore structured for the most part, but I think too, with me getting at such a young age at age eight, barely eight, I knew nothing else where you were what, 19? Yep. So that you, I mean, that's another part of it. So you add another whole layer in your life that's heavy one, and yeah, it's a totally different ball game there. Well, yeah, because you know you're you develop habits when you're young, and you know you have to re 
structure everything and mentally and emotionally and all those good things. And I think that's once again, why it's important to find a physician that you can relate to and just be honest with. Like, I mean, I think that's probably what the one word I've just kind of really said to myself when I go to my physician, people are like, I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to tell them where I'm at. I hope they'll meet me with where I'm at. I mean, I think maybe that's one reason why I enjoyed Ashley. I just was like, hey, this is where I'm at. You know, this is what I'm looking at doing. This is my objective. I kind of went in sharing with the physicians and their providers, like, this is what I want to get out of the MP appointment. They actually appreciated that. You know, if you think about our disease, it's always coming after us. And we, we can either pro- be progressive or regressive, like be on the offense or the defense. And I've just tried to be more on the offense, you know, and some days I'm better than the other, but that's the thing is every one of us are champions on listening. Like yeah. we're champions. We're, we're freaking the toughest people out there in the world because we deal with this every single day and we're grinding it out and we're, we're rock stars. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we, we all are, I mean, we're an amazing community. We're the toughest people in the world. You know, so. Mark, that's well said. And the other, a couple episodes ago, when I interviewed Reverend Andy Bales in Los Angeles, who is on the front line with Skid Row. I mean, he's the executive director for an incredible group. Point being is in that interview, he said, I was made to walk into battle every day. And right. when I come to the hard points in my life, which, you know, COVID and the homeless community and everything like that, he was like, I use my type one diabetes mentality because I'm a fighter That's we, right. and we choose every day, hopefully to fight, but it gave him well, we, diabetes, gave him the skill set to be in the position that he's in today. And that's the whole point of these podcasts is to realize like, Hey, I don't have it all figured out. I don't, but I'm trying, I'm doing the best that I can each and every day. And every day is different. And the point is for these podcasts is to encourage us all to be collective, that one voice to help each other. So this is a, this is a team sport. And I think that's what I've missed for so long is that until I found, you know, obviously got to meet you and through our whole journey and other people as well. And why we've always wanted to do this was that we could encourage other people to be part of the bigger collective voice to encourage because it's diabetes really is the ultimate team sport, but you're kind of made to be by yourself. Well, and not everybody has a support team. I mean, I'm so thankful right. on the rough days, I can call you, I can call Cynthia, I can, you know, call Rebecca. Right. So we have those relationships. And so I will say to the listeners, if you do not have a community and you're listening to this, you can always reach out to anybody at the diabetes daily grind. And there are so many Facebook groups. I'm a part of so many tonight. I'm participating in a wonderful group, and she's a past guest as well. It's called Grace and Growth, and it's for T1D women only. No offense to you, Mark, but... No problem. Tonight, I get to sit with my girls and virtually and talk about life and what's going on, and everybody in that room gets it. And I walk in as Amber, not as Diabetes Daily Grind, and it's just awesome. I look forward to it every single week. It's crazy. That, that is that. Well, that is cool because... It's neat to learn from other people, and that's, I think that's what I'm learning, too. It's when I'm talking to others that have it or they have a family member that has it and they talk like they have it, it's really, really refreshing because 
like I was saying earlier, like I think it's important that we are just honest and you meet yeah. people where they are. I've thought a lot about it. We've talked about it before. You know, we do, we live in a shame culture and that, that culture just doesn't work to help encourage people, you know, who didn't choose this disease to keep fighting going forward. And I got to say, randomly, I wrote a post this week and it was all about, and it was an emotional one, but not really. It was more just like a call to action, but all the things, because I have hardcore quarantined. I know you've been a little bit more out there for various reasons and, and job related to is, you know, today was the fourth time in four and a half months that I have been in a building mm. that was not my home or a good friend's home. I went to the grocery store today, Central Market here in San Antonio. God love you, Central Market. But the reason I say that is when I wrote this post, it was about the fact that I miss my friends. I miss brunch. Yeah. I miss spending way too much time in the produce aisle. I miss happy hour. You know, things like that. That I mean, I went maybe to happy hour once a month, maybe twice a month, but it was just the socialization. Today, I felt right. like I was saying hi to every person in the aisle six feet apart. You know what I mean? Just because I miss that. So I created, and it, tomorrow is the first one, and this is not a honestly not a plug, but just something if you need community, I've created the Real Life Diabetes Happy Hour, which I used to host in person, you know, whenever I traveled or in Oklahoma City, but to, tomorrow is the first virtual one. And I just want people to be able to be around other people who get it. It has nothing to do with I know that, It's more about the socialization. Well, I mean, you know, COVID is, it's, it's testing a lot of our relationships and not being around each other and you know I mean just as we have type one what could that do to us there's a lot of factors and I think more than anything you know we were, we're relational beings I mean we want to be around people and so not only being around and doing exactly what you said but I think it's healthy but it's a strange time it's a really strange time well, it's a strange time for those of us, like I've always lived alone and I've worked from home. So I'm okay. I'm at peace with that. And I wrote this in the post about the mental health. I don't know. I just long to sit across from someone. Yeah, totally. It's even changed even the way I like how I do my job and how I see customers and, you know, do you wear a mask or you don't wear a mask or, you know, I mean, how we interact with people. And so, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a lot, and it, and it has been weird too, like, <laughs> which is so funny this past weekend, I was in a, in a store and I was like, oh, my blood sugar's rising. And I just popped out the pen, the end pen and just gave myself a shot. And I just hadn't done that in a while. And so, you know, for a lot of people, they don't even know what pins and insulin are. And they're always kind of wondering, you know, is it contagious or whatever? So <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun, it's a funny, funny and weird time. And the thing about it was the store that we were in, I was so overwhelmed with seeing people and I hadn't been around this many people so long. And I kind of had a panic attack a little bit. And then my blood sugar was dropping because we were walking so much. And then they were counting how many people could go in the store. Yeah. So I had to go get some food and they wouldn't let me eat in the store. So I had to eat outside and I had to communicate to the lady hey, I'm going outside because my blood sugar is low. I'm type one. Can I go back in? And she was very gracious and said yes, but it was strange. It was like, I hope they'll let me back in, even though I'm type one. Do they know what type one is? And I'm eating outside, my blood sugar's low. I, I wasn't making sense to her either because I, I had a really low blood sugar. <laughs> what the hell were you doing? How, 
How did it get that bad that quick? And why didn't you have well, emergency just, snacks on your body? Why didn't I have what? Emergency candy on you. You know, I don't, I, really, a I don't really have, because what? Because you're not a planner. I'm not a planner. Well, and the other thing is, you know, I see it dropping at times and I'm like, oh, you know, it'll, it'll be okay. I can it'll get level like out. a yeah. snack. Huh? You're thinking it'll level out. It, it's, it's yeah, I mean, now, but... I did, but then of course, you know, I over, over ate it and then skyrocketed. So <laughs> it's, it, it, what, once again, you know, this is our life. I do need to plan better on having little snacks. You're right on that. I do. But you know what my snack is? <laughs> Because I hate those sugar tablets. I'm like, I love hot tamales. That's my favorite. Ooh, that's a, I'm really into berry Skittles right now. Really? Oh, yeah. Man, I love hot tamales, man. I can destroy those. Well, that's the thing. And I've heard a lot of people with type 1 say that they do not keep candy around that they like because it's risky. Oh, gosh. I mean, yes. Okay. I love those things. I'll destroy the whole box. <laughs> Okay, self-control. I got a funny low sugar story for you really quick. Yeah. So I'm house sitting in San Antonio currently and it's a three-story home. I live on the second story and I keep a Gatorade on my nightstand because I don't want to, if my butcher is low, I don't want to have to go all the way downstairs to go to the kitchen because it's wooden stairs and it's just stupid. Well, right. I didn't restock my Gatorade, and so uh, my Dexcom blows up at 3.30 a.m. saying it's like 52 and going down. So uh, thankfully, that woke me up, yay. Um, come downstairs, I'm sweating profusely, and I haven't had a hard blow like that in a while. Drink some orange juice, and I could not, I mean, I could not get myself to get back on the stairs. So I lay on the couch, and I'm laying there, <laughs> and the cat that I'm house-sitting, basically, to keep alive, <laughs> Skitzer, who's on the third story, I'm like in a damn near coma, low blood sugar coma, and I'm laying here, and all of a sudden, Skitzer's right in my face. And it was almost oh like a diabetes God. alert dog. Wow. Like, just hysterical. And she just, she's 16 years old. She lives on the third, I mean, she does not come downstairs. So She knew. She knew something she knew. was off. She knew and sat with me until it got up. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. Come on. I'm serious. I, I love animals. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. That's incredible. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, we all know this. I mean, when it gets low and you kind of feel that foggy, you can't think right, and then you're like popping whatever you're eating. And I mean, it's, it's a weird time when you have a low. It's weird. Yeah. Honestly, that's one reason why I have such a, a heart for these parents that yeah. have kids that have type one i mean i can't even imagine for all those parents out there you you truly are amazing you've had to <laughs> to watch out for your kids i mean that's tough that's just an extra worry and just extra stress all the time i can't even imagine okay let me ask you this mark and we'll end it with this but yeah kind of if your child had type 1 diabetes would you want them to go back into the public school system right now my child had type one. Would I want them to go back into the public school system right now? Yeah. You know, I would say no, because I think it's a very unique time where you can have the excuse to be with your family. I would see it as a, as a time to build into your kids of a healthy foundation and teaching them. Yeah. So I, I would say no right now because you have the excuse to, for them to be home and 
I just think that when they're young, you could really do so much with them and be able to teach them if, if your job allows that as well. So I would say no right now. I think, I think it's an amazing time. I think across the United States, I think families and people are able to spend time together and get to know one another again. So, yeah, because I mean, you'll never get this time, this unique time. I mean, probably never see something like this again. I hope. Do you feel like it's brought you and your, your immediate family closer? Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Cause you're forced to build those relationships again, which has been incredible. You know I mean? You're forced to, you know me, I love to go out and do certain things and go to Chick-fil-A and I mean, a lot of things, Starbucks and I'm not, you know, really able to do a lot of those things and, and your schedules change. So you're forced to like sit around and ask and engage, you know, it's been a very unique time, but I think it's been a great time as well. I, I would say this, which has caused me first to reset on my diabetes management. It causes you to reset and reflect. Yeah. And so it's a, it's been a forced reset on a lot of priorities in life. One thing I've noticed too, is like with my kids, this is a good time to teach them that having type one, I'm educating them. So if they have a school member in the future or a classmate or whatever, they know how to treat them. Yeah. So, so I've been, I've been using a lot of these things as learning opportunities with a lot of my kids on, Hey, you know, some people have this, some people don't, but you want to be kind and nice to them if you see them and help them and ask questions. And cause like my kids know that like I've been, I've been huge on hot tamales, the flow, but I love apple juice. <laughs> so I, I love apple juice. I, I'm taking like apple juice and then like diluting it with water. So like, I don't just drink the whole thing every day, but yeah. So it, to answer your question though, it like, it really COVID-19 with kids and going back to school and all that, it really has reset just a lot of priorities to be able to like rethink like, because this is, you know, like my sister and I, we talked about this, you know, a lot of people have been busy and they never had the excuse to say, ah, I don't want to do that anymore. But now because you're forced where you can't do a lot of things, you can set on what you're going to do moving forward. Yeah. And it's been really, really cool for, for me. When you talk about your family that way, I have to say my close group of friends have always been very kind and compassionate when it came to my diabetes because I'm more vocal about it as an adult, whatever. But yeah. I have to say that they have gone above and beyond to the point of almost hurting my feelings because they are so nervous to like infect me. But I had friends that were like, hey, listen, we'll go to the grocery store for you. You know, we don't want you to leave the house. I'll leave it on your porch. Or, you know, that was before delivery systems and all these things were in place. But it's like, I think that they got a really good taste of what it's like for us to kind of live in a weird level of fear, which I don't believe in, but, you know, this isn't the flu. It's something that is, is much bigger than that. And, yeah. Right. Well, it's, an, it's, it's important that, I mean, you know, and then that's the other thing too. It's like, this is a time where your kids, if, if you can't, if you, if you don't have to send them to school, they can actually observe your life and learn more about you. I mean, that's the other thing too. It's like, you know, a lot more things are, are caught than taught. And I really do believe that. I mean, yeah. you can talk to someone until you're blue in the face, but until they kind of live life with you, it's hard for people to really you know, learn something until they actually see it and do it themselves. You know, I, I'm still convinced, and we've talked a lot about this, but 
I'm still convinced that a lot of these providers and healthcare professionals, they need to stick themselves and check their blood sugar, do it the generic basic way, MDI therapy. They need to inject saline and check their blood sugar three times a day. They need to do that for a year. I really do believe that. They themselves, CDEs, nurses, doctors, anybody in the diabetes world, they need to take a year and they need to do this themselves so they can actually know what it's like to develop scar tissue when you inject yourself yeah. 50 million times in your stomach or you know you forgot your insulin and you know like the other day we were going to have a dinner somewhere and I was like well I can't eat I forgot my pen so I mean just things that are life on life you know making people understand what our life is like so we're rock stars all of us who have this disease so we are rock stars yeah, we are. I mean, we, we, we are a very unique and just an incredible type of people. So, and I, and I really do, I know you, I know you mean the same thing. It's if someone really is out there and they need encouragement and love and just someone to talk to Amber really is, which I, I mean, I've always thought this about you, but you've always been absolutely a great listener first and then you're always there to, to help. So Thanks, um, you've been a blessing. Yeah, it's been cool. You're always, you and Cynthia are always my go-to whenever I lose my shit. So, yeah. Well, we all need it. So, I tried to explain to you this week. I was explaining something about how to really, that, that, you know, whatever night it was when I had the serious low and couldn't go back up the stairs. And she's awesome. She was just like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm like, do you know, have you ever not been able to climb back up the staircase because you, you cannot function i mean i didn't say that true yeah. of course unless you have the disease you're not going to get it to that level <laughs> well you need you need to do a poll on your listeners of like who all are planners i'd be i'd be interested to see who 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 on this call who who's listening that are you are is everyone half of people planners or majority i'd be interested to see that well and i'm going to say yeah. i'm going to throw in throw in some comments or leave an itunes review about if you're a planner and what does planning mean? Because planning for me is very different to you from what you would do because I have so much stuff around me all the time. It's ridiculous. That is true. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that is, that is true. We have to define planning. Because so. if I were going kayaking, I would be a wreck because unless, it, you know, I would, if I had to go somewhere to kayak, I've kayaked before, but it was in somebody's back and the lake that backed up to their house. But like, what all do you have in the boat? What do you do? Do you have your phone? And you know, I mean, what? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think once again, that that's why it's important that we who have the disease, we do work within the technology and things that are out there because the one thing I've always been a pumper, but then as I got into kayak fishing and be on these rivers and I'm moving kayaks and you know I tip over or something happens like. That's why I think I was thinking MDI therapy because, you know, you do one, one thing or you hit a tree or you, you flip over and your, your pod goes off and then, then you're, then you're kind of screwed. You have to reset yeah. and do all that. So, so yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, this is a great time to be type one with all the things that are coming out. So <laughs> yeah. it's, good. It's, it's awesome. Well, Mark, it's always nice to chat with you and thank you oh, it's for great. the podcast. Keep yeah. me posted on the end pen. I'm curious to see how, if and when you start to see trends, because that's something I'm looking into w- as a MDI person. So, 
I'll let you know, and I appreciate you. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to talk to you again. Who says an old dog can't learn new tricks? If Mark can come up with a diabetes management backup plan, so can you. (laughs) I'll keep you posted if he goes back to insulin pump therapy. We'll see how things go. (laughs) If you're struggling to afford your supplies, please reference past episodes with big pharma and tech companies who share valuable resources. You can also contact me directly, and I will do everything in my power to help out. Please do not ration your insulin. Ask for help. I will find someone that can help you. Before I wrap up, I have a few last minute things that will make your life brighter. (laughs) Maybe. Number one, please join me for the Real Life Diabetes Virtual Happy Hour every Thursday, 5 to 6.15 p.m. Central Standard Time. And don't forget to register via Facebook private group or by clicking the Happy Hour logo on my website. Number two, we're always looking for partners, sponsors, etc., who share my mission to provide support and resources for all people living with diabetes and their families. Penelope would love to chat with you. So hit her up at Penelope at DiabetesDailyGrind.com. And finally, please, I'm saying that a lot. I'm really grateful these days, I guess. <laughs> Continue to leave iTunes reviews and love like and share all things social media. If you want to contact me directly, I can always be reached at Amber at DiabetesDailyGrind.com. And getting a message from you makes my heart happy and keeps the episodes coming. I guess that's it. Cheers to the highs and lows, everyone. Yee-haw! It's a daily grind, it's a daily grind, it's a daily grind.